Listener supported. WNYC Studios. From WNYC Studios, I'm Brian Lehrer. This is my Daily Politics Podcast. It's Friday, July 7th. One of the dynamics already taking place in the 2024 election cycle is that House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries of Brooklyn is hoping to lead his party back to holding the House majority. In that scenario, he would likely become Speaker. And as we've talked about a lot on this show, the epicenter of retaking the House is not in what we might generally consider a swing state, a Wisconsin or an Arizona or Georgia, elections there matter too, but it was the drubbing that Democrats took right in the New York City suburbs, on Long Island and in the Hudson Valley especially, that did most of the work of flipping the House to Republican control in 2022, last year. So a report by CNN senior political reporter Edward Isaac Dover is especially relevant right now nationally as well as in New York. It's called Hakeem Jeffries is Staging a Takeover of the New York Democrats. His hope to become speaker depends on it. Edward Isaac, thanks for coming on. Welcome back to WNYC. Hi, Brian. It's great to be back. And remind us of the context. You count six Republican freshmen serving in Democratic-leaning House districts from New York. What's the geographical span there? Well, uh, it's, as you said, in the Hudson Valley, uh, across to Long Island. It's the it's the suburbs of New York. Uh, and these are districts that, obviously, the lines of the districts changed with uh, the redistricting last year and all of that drama that was there. But uh, even so, with the way that the lines are drawn now, uh, these are districts that majority voted for Biden in 2020, so uh, are generally seen as Democratic-friendly districts that are represented by Republicans currently. You write that the state party would typically be controlled by the governor, in this case, Kathy Hochul, but Jeffries is taking control of much of the state Democratic Party's operations. How is he doing that? Well, like, Hakeem Jeffries, as your listeners probably know, is a man who does not leave a lot to chance. Um, as a political, uh, as a politician himself and as a political leader, he is very deliberate and methodical in the way that he approaches things. And that's how he's approaching what's going on over the course of the next year and a half. The New York Democratic Party, the New York, all the different elements of the the New York uh, Democrats have been a dysfunctional, disastrous mess for uh, as long as anyone can remember, certainly as long as I can remember. Uh, And Jeffries is taking steps to put loyalists into key positions, uh, involved with what is called the the coordinated campaign. All the different uh, campaigns will sort of feed into one unified campaign. Uh, He is making moves to not endorse in primaries exactly, because that would violate the rules of things, but to uh, make his preference pretty clearly known and urge things along in uh, the direction that he wants it to go. Uh, He has uh, taken a leading role in a lot of the fundraising that's going on, reaching out to donors, and also in bringing together the disparate elements of 
uh, the Democratic leaning groups all across the state, whether that's the Working Families Party or the types of folks who are big donors who go to uh, fancy parties uh, to meet with elected officials. Uh, the, so whether it's uh, the spectrum from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez to Mike Bloomberg, Jeffries has positioned himself as the convener and as the person uh, really setting the agenda so that everybody is at least trying to move in the same direction in the same way. And so far, he has been more successful than most people uh, expected. That said, of course, it is July of 2023. Uh, th they will have to hold this kind of thing together for almost a full year and a half until the elections next year. Right. And as you just indicated, this isn't just about next November. It's about Democratic primaries, too. And you wrote that Jeffries appeared to suppress a smirk when you asked him about the primaries. What words might you put to that suppressed smirk? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I, I said to him uh, something to the effect of, well, you... Uh, what I was just uh, describing, that you're not endorsing, but you're making it pretty clear which candidates you want, which is almost endorsing. And he caught himself. He started to smile and he stopped. And and then he gave me a, a more politics answer, but uh, of saying, you know, we're, we're just, uh, we'll see how things go. But other people who are involved in this effort, like uh, Greg Meeks, who is a congressman from Queens, he's also the Queens County Democratic Chairman, have been more clear with me. And, and Meeks told me uh, that they are making very clear to people uh, where they want things to go. And he's been involved in that. He said to me, we'll be looking at and talking to all possible candidates and trying to talk to folks and say, who is more likely to beat the extreme Republican that they will be running against? That is saying to folks, okay, you want to run, we don't think that you're really our best candidate to take on these Republican incumbents who, by the way, won last year. They they are the incumbents. This is not going to be just a total layup for the Democrats. There is a lot of fight ahead, and we don't know what the next year and a half of the campaign on the House level or all the way up to the presidential level is going to be like. So Democrats are, are not taking this for granted. They know that they have a big mountain to climb here to win any of these seats and especially to win as many of them as they want to win to uh, secure the path to the majority for them next year. Well, where do you see Jeffries on the scale of progressive to moderate Democrat in the context of New York politics and 2024? I remember last year there was some talk that he might get primaried from the left for his own seat, but then it didn't really happen. I've had this conversation with Jeffries over the years. I covered him when he was first running for the assembly, or I guess when he first won his assembly seat, I didn't cover his first race for the assembly in 2000, um, mm -hmm. but uh, all through the years. And in the summer of 2021, I spent some time with him driving around in his district in Brooklyn. And I said to him, what do you say to the progressives who say you're not going a, a, along enough with them and you're not a real progressive? And he said to me in what was a very memorable quote, I'm not going to bend the knee 
to uh, progressives who want me to, uh, this institutional progressives who want him to just go along with everything that they say. He's been, for example, a skeptic of the Green New Deal at points. Um, He uh, has not been uh, aligned with uh, the Ocasio-Cortez style politics in uh, New York or in Washington. Uh, But he said to me, I am a black progressive. I that is that is what defines him in his mind. Um, so what he sees as a progressive is maybe different from what some of the other people who identify themselves as progressives uh, in politics would say. Uh, but he doesn't he doesn't believe that that's a true or uh, substantive difference, and it's more about power plays. Uh, Notably, as I said, he has been involved in bringing a lot of people to the same table, and the Working Families Party and their elements of the Working Families Party that was that were interested in uh, being involved in that primary challenge to him that had been talked about but never materialized, they have been very much aligned with Jeffries in this effort to win these House seats for next year. They have also said that they're not going to prioritize things in their in the campaigns that they're mounting, uh, like the Green New Deal or Medicare for All or billionaires tax. So they're going to talk about Medicare and Social Security, these sort of core meat and potatoes, traditional Democratic issues, uh, much more Joe Biden kind of Democratic issues than Bernie Sanders kind of Democratic issues, and that they think that that's how they win. And when I talked to the national director of the Working Families Party, uh, he said to me that this is about winning these seats and what they need to do to win. And then they will have those conversations that are internal to the Democratic Party, essentially, of which which uh, progressive ideas to prioritize once they're in power, if they're able to get there. Well, how's the De- the Jeffries AOC relationship in this context? It is. She has been part of the uh, the so far unified agenda here. She's been involved in uh, a lot of the things that have been going on. Jeffries, among the things that he's done is he's been having his regular dinners with the uh, other Democratic members of the House delegation from New York and hearing them out and sort of brainstorming sessions and uh, talking about what they want to do. I've, from my reporting, Ocasio-Cortez has been uh, pretty vocal in some of those uh, dinners. Uh, she's also been involved with some of her colleagues in putting together a memo uh, that is, of course, under the aegis of what Jeffries is doing here, this memo went to the state party of suggesting things that they think that the state party needs to do. Uh, But that was something she joined in on with with several colleagues who uh, are uh, not the traditional uh, Ocasio-Cortez allies, Grace Meng from Queens, Pat Ryan, um, who won uh, in uh, the, the that uh, special election last year uh, in north of New York City, uh, and Brian Higgins uh, from uh, more western New York. That's the kind of coalition that Jeffries has been able, again, so far, we'll see if it holds, mm-hmm. but so far been able to hold together here, uh, which does not have the uh, the sort of usual suspect uh, 
people saying that they don't want to be involved or they're going against it. Ocasio-Cortez, you might think, uh, would be uh, based on some of the things that she's done in, in the past in New York politics and national politics, be forging her own uh, way here or, or criticizing what's going on. She is not. She's very much part of this team. And listeners with CNN's Edward Isaac Dover, we're inviting you, if you live in swing districts that went Republican for the House of Representatives last year in the New York suburbs, to be the political analysts and the political strategists for either party as we head into 2024 and these New York swing districts being so crucial to who controls the House next year. And as you may not be surprised to hear, we have a whole board full of would-be analysts and strategists. So let's hear first from... Lisa, who might be interesting because she has a foot both in Brooklyn and the Hudson Valley, she says. Hi, Lisa, you're on WNYC. Hi. Um, I'm a big fan of Hakeem Jeffries. I'm not a big fan, and I'm a lifelong Democrat, but I think I'm going independent. Um, and I, I'm waiting for someone to come along to bring everyone together. And um, also... I think one of the biggest problems in New York that we have right now is violence and um, violent people on the streets. I've been um, attacked twice just walking, just walking down the street. And, um, and, uh, and I see the subways as um, a very challenging place to be at times. And um, people are having to defend themselves. And then they so that's let me jump in only because that's the Brooklyn Lisa talking. What's your connection to the Hudson? Well, okay. So then I go from to Hudson Valley. I went there because I couldn't. I had to do something. I wanted a place to go where I had some peace. Um, That's one thing. And I met a lot of people in the Hudson Valley, and there are there's there are many Trump supporters up there, which I found very odd um and um and i i i think that there is a portion of the population that feels very alienated and blamed for everything when these are basically working class people um i'm not saying uh uh you know i i i'm appalled that they're trump supporters as a lifelong new yorker i'm totally appalled by that mm-hmm. but, but are you but are you also talk. saying that even as someone who's appalled by trump and to a large degree you're saying by trump supporters that you might consider voting for a republican for congress because of crime you know um i'm, just, I'm really uh, you know what it would have to do with a lot of their other uh stances i'm not crazy about republicans i think they're nuts but um uh the the ones now are nuts there's just no i just feel like each side is so extreme and everybody is trying to placate the other person we cannot as a democracy you know and a reasonable mature democracy we have to bridge these gaps we have to have people who speak the language of all who understand where people are coming from Lisa, I'm going to leave it there. Thank you so much for putting so much on the table. And Isaac, obviously, AOC herself and a lot of people who support the members of the squad uh, would say, you know, that they don't agree. Maybe they're even offended to, to hear them compared to a Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, but based on your reporting, 
Who do you think Lisa speaks for? How, you know, how important is the kind of thing that we heard from Lisa or the kinds of things that we just heard from her in these swing districts? Well, look, we don't need any evidence beyond what happened in the elections last year to know that crime and concerns of uh, what what's happening to uh, society and what's happening in New York City and and feeling under threat both physically uh, and sort of culturally uh, were big factors in these uh, elections. They were big factors in pretty much every one of the House seats uh, that uh, Republicans won last year. The the crime rate hasn't uh, completely uh, changed over the course of the last six months. We'll see what happens in the next year and a half. But it's also about perceptions of it, and, and uh, we'll see what happens with those. It does seem like that is one of the big vulnerabilities that Democrats need to figure out a way to address. If not the actual crime rate, then uh, then maybe it's more about uh, people feeling unsafe. It, it, in the strange way, uh, it was less of a factor in for voters in New York City itself than for people in the suburbs of New York City feeling that the city was unsafe and that uh, things had, had gotten right. uh, very bad there. And so that sort of thing has is very much on Democrats' minds as they uh, try to figure out their way through into uh, winning next year. And that larger concern that she spoke to of uh, the, the working class voters feeling like they have been uh, ignored or or passed over. Uh, that obviously is something that Donald Trump uh, tapped into in 2016 and uh, continued to tap into uh, in 2020 and, and continues to tap into now. Uh, whether that will be enough to help bring voters to uh, the polls who will vote for Republicans for these House seats is another thing that is very much on uh, many Democrats' minds. So here's that clip from yesterday's show of New York Times columnist David Leonhardt on what kinds of Democrats actually win elections in swing districts. He refers in this clip to a certain kind of moderate Democrat, but one who's the opposite of a Mike Bloomberg moderate. And he's talking here in the context of a study done by the progressive think tank Data for Progress. They went out and they looked at a whole bunch of the messages that Democrats used in the midterms. Um, and then they basically tried to to put kind of subject these messages to the rigors of, of a social science test. And so um, you give uh, different people in a survey different messages and you ask what appeals to them. And, and the kind of Democrats who have done really well um, are the kind who have talked about border security, who have talked about the importance of bringing down crime, um, who have talked in kind of nuanced ways about a lot of these um, social issues. Um, um, and who also tend to be really quite populist um, on economic issues, right? They're not the, the, this notion that the way to appeal to the American middle is some sort of Mike Bloomberg style, um, socially liberal and economically conservative. And I have enormous regard for, for many of the things Mike Bloomberg accomplished as New mm -hmm. York mayor. But the notion that that's where the American center lies is almost exactly flipped. 
David Leonhardt here yesterday. So, Isaac, is that the kind of Democrat you see Jeffries as or Jeffries as cultivating for the suburbs, populist on economics, moderate on social issues? I, I mean, these districts are similar in a number of ways, but they're also different uh, and in ways that the Hudson Valley is not exactly the, uh, where uh, voters are in Long Island. But there are uh, there is a, a, a lot of similarity uh, there that they're trying to tap into. And it does seem like the progressive economic or sorry, the populist economic uh, feeling is one that's not just popular in swing districts, but is popular in a lot of places uh, around the country. Uh, and certainly uh, these districts in New York would suggest uh, that they, they'd agree with that too. Uh, but they are digging in here uh, to try to figure out what the right uh, candidate profile is. And of course, it's not uh, fully in their control who runs. Uh, there are candidates who are starting to announce uh, their campaigns and even uh, start to rack up a lot of uh, donations here. Uh, and uh, importantly, on top of all of this, it, it's going to be as I said, a presidential election, a national election, it will be, these things tend to run in uh, ways that are sort of national referendum uh, on uh, on the parties. And that's a big part of why Democrats here are not only focusing on building up their candidates and uh, their uh, the kind of campaigns and operations that'll be running, but to try to say that these Republicans are really uh, out of sync with their districts and are much more out of sync than they want to uh, make themselves out uh, to be, uh, that they are extreme and that they don't fit these swing districts. Mm -hmm. The Republicans well, uh, will be pushing back on that quite hard. All right. And there we will leave it with Edward Isaac Dover, senior reporter for CNN. His new article is about Hakeem Jeffries' takeover of the Democratic Party in New York State as it's described, aimed at taking back the House for the Dems next year. Isaac, thanks so much. Thanks, Brian. Brian Lehrer, A Daily Politics Podcast, is an excerpt from my live daily radio show, The Brian Lehrer Show, on WNYC Radio, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern Time, if you want to listen live at WNYC.org. Thanks for listening today. Talk to you next time.